you for listening to another inspiring message from the Movement Church. To find out more about the Movement Church, you can check out our website at theocmovement.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The OC Movement. I grew up in church my whole life, and literally, just I was born, and the next week I was in the front pew, and we had pews back then, so just blessings. You thought these chairs were uncomfortable, sit in a pew, and, uh, and, and, and it's just so easy. It's just so easy to come to church and just kind of punch in and punch out, and, and some of you are already thinking about what your lunch plans are, you know what I mean? Like, I promise today I'm going to preach really short. It's going to be good, only two and a half hours, but, uh, you know, we just kind of punch in and punch out, and we, we miss the fact the God who created the heavens and the earth, who spoke light into existence, is here today and wants to do something awesome in your life. You, you might be seated amongst some amazing people, but the way God works is he wants to do something individually in your life. And we can miss it. We can take it for granted. We could be thinking about our grocery list or uh, the upcoming project at work. And what if we just took a few moments, literally like 37 more minutes, and it said today, God, I give you my life. You have the permission to rearrange the furniture of my life. I think God wants to kind of lean in and do something spectacular. In fact, we're in this series called Believing God. And it is a profound series because it's the very essence of faith. And if you're here today and you're not sure what it is you believe, permission to belong before you believe. But this whole series is about the action verb faith. The action verb faith. Faith is the way that believers jump on board with God. Faith is how we participate in the countless wonders of amazingness that God wants to do in our lives. Faith is what happens when believers simply believe. And here's my concern, here's my fear, is that many believe in God but don't believe God. It's easy to wrap our mind and our, our, our thoughts and our heart around the idea of a God or the big guy upstairs, but the notion that God wants to be a radical component of your life and mine and is working through providence to bring and put all the pieces of the crazy puzzle of life together, that, my friends, becomes a challenge. And so for many who are Christ followers or Christians, then faith has become a notion or a thought, a process, an idea and not an action. That's why the writer in Old Testament in Isaiah in chapter 7 says this, if you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. See, faith isn't something that you have. It's something that you do. So for the next few moments, would you just, just maybe mix your faith with mine? Maybe if you're like me, I've struggled with the notion and the idea of believing. But today, for a few moments, let's just be open to what God wants to do. Let's pray. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? And Nobody looking around, nobody moving. And 
I just want to pray a prayer for all of us. God, today, we just, again, we open our hearts to hear and receive and to experience the fullness of who you are. We didn't come to church today so that we can go to lunch. We came to church today to experience everything that you have. So God, do something powerful in our life. Do something amazing in our life today. In Jesus' name, I pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen just means I agree. Man, listen, I, I want to unpack a concept for us today, and I won't take too long to do so, but I must warn you, I must stamp a disclaimer on this. This is a challenging topic, and the reason is because this is the very foundation of what it is that we actually believe. And so I've asked you last week, I know all of y'all are, are just amazing students, and you wrote down copious notes on every word that I spoke last week. And if you missed, you listened to the podcast probably 15 times, right? At least while you're jogging. Nobody? All right. Sweet. Let's move on. I, 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 know I asked you last week to, to practice raising your shield of faith. Last week was the intro into this series, and I, I just challenged us as we're exploring the notion, the idea of believing God, I ask you to practice throughout the week raising your shield of faith, and I literally asked you guys to hold your hand up as if there's a shield here. We, we were pulling reference from the scripture where the Bible uses the word picture, the metaphor of a shield of faith that protects the armor of us because we are in a battle for our lives, and I ask you to practice raising your shield of faith, and I talked about five statement pledge of faith, and we're going to say this every week because these are the topics of each of our sermons, so what I'm going to ask you to do today is join me again in raising, would you just, for, for the sake of me, would you just raise your hand like this, pretend like you're holding your shield of faith, I can tell some of you don't want to do this, it's okay, nobody's filming you, and I want you to say these five statements with me, even if you don't believe it, it doesn't matter, they'll be on the screen for you, this is the five statement pledge of faith, come on, number one is this, God is who he says he is, number two, I can't hear you, God can do what he says he can do, number three, I am who God says I am, come on, like you mean it, number four, I can do all things through Christ. And number five, God's word is alive and active in me. This is what this series, some of y'all felt so uncomfortable doing that. It's hysterical. We might do it again later just for you. But this whole series is about this five pledge, pledges of faith. The whole series. But we can't move any further until we talk about this statement number one. Everything hinges. It is the linchpin for everything that we believe. Again, if you're here and you're not sure what it is you believe, permission to belong before you believe. But this statement is the linchpin for our faith. And that statement is this. God is who he says he is. Everything else hinges upon this. And let me just tell you this right now. He's either everything he says he is or he's a liar. God is either everything that he says he is or he's a liar. God knew we would wrestle with this. Can I just get a show of hands from some honest people today? Has anyone seated in this room today ever struggled with your faith? Would you just raise your hand? Okay, great. We're amongst friends, so we can all relax and breathe easy now, right? Listen, everything hinges upon this, and God knew we would struggle with this. So all throughout Scripture, he's painting a broad picture with broad strokes, the very nature of who he is. In fact, 
When God came to Moses, one of the chief characters in the Bible, many of you know the story, and God says, hey, I've heard the cry of my people who are in slavery. And he's going to send Moses. We read about this in Exodus chapter 3. He starts off by telling Moses who he is. Check it out. Exodus 3, 7 says, Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know they're suffering, and I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey. In other words, God has seen the affliction of his people, and he's going to send Moses to be the deliverer. And what's interesting is Moses' first question to God. It kind of is a depiction of how many of us feel when it comes to the level of faith. Verse 13 through 14 says this, Then Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Israel, and I say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, then they're going to ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And I love God's response to Moses. God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel, that I am has sent me to you. God is literally just saying, look, it's me. That's it, the end, that's all you need to know. I am, that I'm the God that's going to deliver them out of Egypt. And listen, God knew we would struggle with this, and so he paints a picture. In fact, I am grateful for the fact that if we're going to pursue faith and discover destiny, God knew we would need a faith founded on who he is in order to make it forward in this thing. And so all throughout scripture, before this moment, God was showing up and he was telling people who he is or giving different names of himself, painting a, a, a picture of the multi-dimensional, multi-faceted component of who God is. He comes on the scene and he says, I am the most high God. I am God the provider. I am God the, the healer. I am God almighty. And he did this because he knew that we would struggle in fact, humanity has been notorious for replacing God in our life. Throughout all of time, we have done an amazing job of wanting desperately to believe in God, but very quickly replacing Him. In ancient times, they would literally replace Him with idols or images carved out of stone and wood or metal. And they would worship an idol. We don't do that anymore today. But you know what we've done? We've replaced God with what makes us feel most secure or most satisfied or most strength or strong. We've replaced him with what makes us feel the most accomplishments in our life. That becomes the God that we serve. Let me say it another way. We have defined God by the measure of success and whether that's a certain dollar sign or a certain financial portfolio or fame or notoriety or let me paint it this way every single man woman boy and girl in this room has a picture of what the pinnacle of life looks like regardless of what season of life you're in whether you're a stay-at-home mom a career woman a career man you're in a a corporate industry, maybe you started your own, you're an entrepreneur, whether you're a teacher or you're a first responder, all of us have this picture of what the pinnacle of life should look like, of what the pinnacle of success 
should look like. And then what we do is we begin to move in that direction. So if you're a stay-at-home mom, you have this image or picture of a couple and a family and what they do and what the values of their home should be like. And if you're a businessman, you have seen somebody set up or establish success and you say, that is what I'm aiming at. That is the picture or the image in my mind. If you're a young professional in college, you have a degree path probably because somebody in your life was pursuing that and you love the heartbeat or the idea behind it. I'll never forget, I was talking to a young man doing pre-marriage counseling with him and I said, What's, what are your dreams for the future? What's your hope for the future? He said, well, literally, I want a, a house with a white picket fence and a front yard and a backyard. And I said, bro, you in the wrong state. And, uh, and so he moved. And, uh, and listen, why? Because there was an uncle that he had in his life who had an amazing family and an amazing home and it was the picturesque American dream. And in his mind, that had become the picture of success. It had become the image. And see, here's the thing. We create an image of what we are driving at. And then we drive at that image. And listen to me. Then that image eventually begins to tell us how to live our life. We start making decisions to reach the pinnacle. We start changing family values to reach the pinnacle. We start going after a certain dollar sign to reach the pinnacle and that image, that image, that image becomes the driving force in our life. Isn't it interesting that in Exodus, when God gave Moses the Ten Commandments, many of you know this, some of you don't, it's okay. The first commandment was thou, there's only one God. There's only one God. The second commandment was do not create another image of God. This has been a challenge for humanity. It's been a challenge for believers is actually believing that God is who he says he is. And that's in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, Jesus knew we struggle with this as well. And so he turns to his disciples in the midst of a challenging season to ask them a very important question. Look at this. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13 says, Now when Jesus came to the district of Caesarea in Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah, a fam famous old prophet. And others say Jeremiah, another famous old prophet. And then Jesus said, okay, now I'm not talking about the people who are out there, but the people who are right here. He looks at his Disciples in the eyes says, who do you say that I am? He's asking the question, do you believe that I am who I say I am? And Peter responded. Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. You see, God knew he had to set the disciples up to give them the assurance of exactly who he was because he knew that culture was going to attempt to redefine God because culture has been attempting to redefine God since the beginning of time. In fact, culture is very good at this. And unfortunately, many times you and I slip into culture because it's trying to define who God is and what God can do. But here's the challenge. When we try to define God differently than he defines himself, by default, we minimize him. The moment we try to take God, the creator, 
and put him into the confines of a box. This is who God is. If it's not who he says he is, then by default we minimize the fullness of who he is. Let me show you this picture I took uh, about a year ago now. This is sunset, and I'm on, a, on the bow of a 36-foot sailing vessel headed to Catalina with some good friends, and this moment was one of the greatest moments of my life. Beautiful sunset on the water with great friends. But this picture doesn't even do the experience justice, does it? It just looks like I'm standing at some water taking a picture of yet another sunset, which all of us have posted unashamedly on social media. (laughs) This picture pales in comparison to the fullness of who God is. You tracking with me? We try to define who God is. And the reason is, you know what my challenge is? The reason is because there are, sometimes there's just things that we don't understand. That don't make sense. Sometimes there's things that we just can't fully wrap our head around. And so we shove God into this box. And we minimize him. I love what one of the authors were pulling a lot of the resources for this series I love what she says. We somehow want to neatly package God and make everything about him explainable. We decide that what's not explainable is not plausible. And we try to make God behave and fit into our textbooks. We want him to to calm down and not be so God-ish. We decide we will only believe what we can humanly reconcile. And our pride and desperation to feel smart has made us unwilling to give the the only human answer that exists to some theological questions. Our pride and our determination, it prohibits us from saying this sometimes because we just don't feel like it's acceptable. But sometimes it's okay to say, I don't know. But I do know that what he says is true even when I can't explain it or reconcile it with what has happened. Hey, can I just give you some permission for a moment? It's okay if you don't know how to explain everything that has to do with who God is. You need some freedom in that. Look at me. Just because you can't explain it doesn't mean he isn't who he says he is. Are you tracking with me today? problem is we create an image of God that makes us feel better. But thankfully, no matter what, he never changes. So now today, it's time to take some inventory. Not for your spouse, not for your friend, not for your parents, but for you. Take some inventory. What has developed your personal perception of who God is? What has created that? What has painted the picture? What experiences of your life have painted the picture in your mind of who God is? Do you know what is the most disconcerting thing to me as a pastor? Is so many people never don the doors of a church because they're so afraid that people are going to be just like they were in another church and that if people are that way in church, then God must be that way and therefore I want nothing to do with God. So we've allowed our perception of people or the failures that we've walked through or the disappointments that we've known and tasted and lived in to paint a picture of who God is. But that, my friends, is not who God is. 
And here's the challenging component for me. The challenging component for me is there's literally nothing that I can say or do to convince you of who God is. In fact, the moment that I begin to do that, I, by default, minimize him. I can't conjure up enough emotion where you feel God and then all of a sudden that becomes the definition of who God is because if your definition or perception of who God is is based upon emotion, then what happens when your emotions change? I can't sit here and mathematically try to prove who God is so that logic and reason says, yes, that is true. God is who he says he is because then the moment life defies your logic and reason, which it does often, then we change our perception of who God is. I must admit that the temptation is there to create pictures, to still tell stories of creation, to tell, tell stories of experience that I've walked through personally, but then what would happen is you would adhere your faith to my experience and my friend, even as great as you are, your experience will never match my experience because it is simply my experience. The truth does not change that God is who he says he is. And the challenge is to believe it, you simply have to choose. That, my friends, is called faith. Faith is believing in what I cannot see. Faith is believing it to be so when it's not so, but it will be so because God said so. Faith is the evidence of things unseen. Faith cannot be proved. Faith cannot be convinced. Faith cannot be conjured. Faith is a choice. And here's one thing that is evidently clear and evidently true, that there is a direct correlation, a direct correlation to what we believe about God and the purpose that God has for us. This story of Jesus with his disciples continues in Matthew chapter 16, verse 17. It says this, and Jesus answered him right after Peter comes on the scene, and he says, you are the Christ. In essence, Peter says, you are who God says you are. You are who you proclaim to be, Jesus. I believe that you are who you say you are. Jesus steps back, and I believe uttered these words with a massive smile of excitement for an amazing individual, and he said, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, which just means Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood does not reveal this to you. In other words, it wasn't your experience, it wasn't logic or reason, but you just listened to the voice of the Father internally. Verse 18, and I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. The rock is the statement or the profession of Peter's faith. Look at this. And on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. This next passage may seem kind of confusing, but I'll explain it in a quick statement. Check this out. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. In other words, all Jesus is saying because of this profession of faith that goes beyond just words, 
that has nothing to do with church membership, has nothing to do with who you were before this moment, but because of your faith, because you believe, you're going to accomplish the purpose that I've created you to accomplish. Because of your faith, the things that I've set before you, you're going to accomplish them. In other words, Peter, I have great things in store for you. And because of your belief, you're going to do it. There's an undeniable link between believing God is who he says he is and fulfilling our God-ordained destiny. An undeniable link. Why? Because if you don't at your core believe God is who he says he is, then what is it you're living for? What is it you're going to try to accomplish? It's why it's such a, a tension to wrestle with. And it's a choice. Not based on what you see, not based on what you feel, not based on logic and reason. And I'm not saying that what you've experienced or your emotions or logic and reason should be completely dismissed. I'm just saying it's merely a choice. A choice to believe. And I want to challenge you. Make this faith your own. Look at me in the eyes. God is who he says he is. This will never change. God is who he says he is. And if you're here and you're not sure about your faith, that's okay. Take your time. The Bible says something so beautiful. It says that God is not slow, as many would count slowness, but he's patient. Not willing that anyone should perish, but all have everlasting life. In other words, you take your time. Exploring the notion of whether or not God truly is who he says he is. But my challenge to you today is choose to believe. On that foundation, I believe God wants to unlock some amazing things in your life. Amen. Hey, before we go any further, can I just talk to some of you who are here today who may be wavering in your faith, but in this moment you can sense God doing something more real than ever before. This whole concept, this whole notion of faith, this whole idea of Christianity is not about church membership. While that is important, it's not about doing everything right. While it is important to do things right, it's simply about Believing. So many people have this twisted notion that I've got to get everything right, get all cleaned up before I come to God. No, the first step is simply get to God and let Him handle the rest. Well, you don't know my past, Pastor Kerry. You don't know what I've walked through. You don't know my experiences. You don't know my pain. And you're right, I don't. But God does, and He loves you more now than He could ever possibly before. In fact, I believe, oddly enough, look at me in the eyes. That God used every detail, every nuance, every component of your life and through divine providence brought you here today that you could hear this. If you're here and you've never begun a relationship with Jesus, today is your day. All you have to do is simply say yes. In just a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer. And right where you're seated, if you've never prayed this prayer with anyone before, I want to challenge you to make it your own. I'm not going to ask you to get out of your seats. Nobody has to know. 
You can pray it out loud or you can pray it quietly in your heart. But this declaration of faith is the starting line for a journey of faith. And God's been waiting your whole life for this moment. Don't let it pass. And if you're here today and you've been running from God or flirting with your faith, today is the day to come running back. And I want to challenge you, pray this prayer with me. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? No one looking around, nobody moving. If that's you, if you've never prayed this prayer, or it's time to pray this prayer again for the first time in a long time, just right where you're seated, either in your own heart or quietly whisper this prayer after me, just say, Dear God, I know that you're real. I know that you love me. God, I'm not perfect. I've got sin in my life. Would you forgive me? Now just make this statement your own. Are you ready? Make it from the depths of your heart. Just say, Jesus, I give you my life. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer with us today, we are so excited to be a part of this journey with you. Would you email us at info at theocmovement.com? And if you're not in the area, we would love to help you find another life-giving church near you. Send us an email at info at theocmovement.com and we'll get back to you shortly. Thank you again for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church.